Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com and on Twitter at littleempirepod. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. Guys, that go screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, a podcast series featuring Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery, where we <laughs> endeavour to watch the same movie every week for 52 weeks in a row. Oh, we don't just endeavour to do it, Tim. We bloody well do it. We've done and it um, two years, but we could fail on this third attempt, this no, third final we, season. No, we won't. No one cares what's happened before. No one cares what comes after. All they care about is right now. And right now, Tim, I'm genuinely losing it. Joining us in studio, more specifically joining me, is The Knife. He's oh! Back. Yeah, not the original knife, but The Knife's... Um, cousin who i purchased and where did i get this one? Oh, i got this one in new york city yeah because your last knife got confiscated at custom by the bloody aussies those sons oh. of bitches it can't have been the aussies it must have been the new zealanders no it was the aussies it was when we touched out it was australia so, so i f- got it through to australia <laughs> new zealand didn't give a shit yeah because we're lax as fuck yeah australia you're so uppity about knives we're so loose. Our birds don't fly and we don't give a shit if you got a knife on a plane. Let Welcome me, t- to let me tell you this, Tim. Uh, it is probably, this is probably the favourite circumstance under which I have co-hosted the podcast with a knife. That is to say, um, present on microphone, but yeah. not uh, a physical threat in the room as I'm not currently with you once more. Uh, you're missing out, dude. It really is a thing of beauty. It's beautiful. It's very knife. easy to say as the knife wielder. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to have this conversation, but you, yeah. <laughs> I'm just having a look um, at some details I haven't looked at before. It says MFG, which I imagine is manufacturing in China, National Headquarters, USA. Um, for those of you who haven't met the knife before, uh, the brand appears to be Maxam. M-A-X-A-M, registered trademark. Uh, beautiful piece of stainless steel with a serrated bit that goes about halfway up the blade and then it's all smooth sailing up to a uh, quite sharp tip at the end. 
folds down into a compact size into its own Wait, handle and with a little bottom, holster for your belt. The bottom half of the blade is serrated and the top half is smooth. Yeah, which is uh, well, a departure from the knife yeah. Gen 1. They've taken everything I know about the knife, the common mm. knife, and turned yeah. it on its head. It's, it's kind of like two knives in one. Well, no, it's still one knife. It's just upside down. It's just poorly executed. <laughs> it's good. It's a good knife. I'm don't not going to act like these guys the are on the forefront of a knife revolution. Someone just got it horribly wrong. Nah, putting a little bit of serrated and a little bit of smooth is good. You've yeah. got a knife, a knife for all occasions. What value? Um, if you is need a, a bo- knife for Christmas, Easter, bar mitzvahs, whatever. Your ability well, to list holidays does nothing to change the fact that they fucked up. What value Kwanzaa. is the bottom half of a knife being serrated? A brisk. President's Day. Do you need a President's Day knife? <laughs> Why not isn't grab it, a knife the President's isn't it would a use? Brisk? What is a what? brisk? A brisk is the type of walk you take. No, a brisk is um, a ceremony where you cut the foreskin off of a uh, baby when they are Jewish. What's a bisk? Is a bisk a, a bisque, soup? I'm, a bisque seems like a food, <clears throat> I think. You know, those first half is a biscuit, in the same way that the knife is first half serrated and the rest of half smooth. You've you've succeeded in scuttling my argument by scrambling my brains, my we are your friends addled brain. So here's um, the situation, uh, listeners, listeners everywhere, listeners abroad, listen up. What Guy and I did this time, um, for the first time in a while, is kind of watched it a little more closely together, where we kept each other on Skype to keep each other company, because Guy's suffering from a little bit of jet lag from his recent travels, and uh, I feared for his awakeness, that you were going to cark out by yourself. Uh, While I appreciate that being the case, that's not the way we framed it. We just framed it as a good bit of companionship, a nice change of pace from watching the movie by ourselves. I know you had an ulterior motive. No, you're no, a different no. man from the man I watched the movie with, Tim. You're wielding a knife and you're creating reasons for keeping me company that I didn't know were there. Yeah, during the duration of the movie this week, I was wielding a Casio keyboard and now I'm wielding a knife. So things have taken a turn from the artistic to the violent. You um, you keep interesting, inanimate company while I'm not there. Hey, I'm Tim. I'm a fiddler, yes. I don't like this when you say this do you mean <clears throat> watching the movie 15 times in a row or this the movie that was our 16th time ah big pun 16 times in a row or this just the movie in general uh well it's very difficult to separate those two things isn't it yeah it is it is i would say i think the 16th time in general i think being a part uh, definitely being on Skype helped me to tolerate certain elements of the movie that I have otherwise found tough to be around. Mm. Um, I I know I've said this before, and at the risk of getting sentimental with Guy Montgomery, uh, I am looking forward to sitting side by side uh, for for a screening. It's just, it's it, there's no. It, it take this movie takes itself so seriously yeah and there's just no need there's no need for that sort of carry on no need no need for that no thank you no one's winking no one winks yeah we um probably 
ripped on grown-ups too quite often for winking a mite too much but in this film no winks i think in sex in the city too they actually did a little bit of winking but there was just so much movie that it just didn't matter like no matter what they did winking not winking hedging bets and winking half the time yeah it's just too much to deal with this movie shorter more efficient storytelling um a soundtrack that gets you there but very earnest everyone's very earnest all the time and in keeping with that earnestness, like it's the only of the movies we've watched before as a as a duo for this project, it's the only movie that has the the brazen attitude of at the start of it, looking you square in the eye, literally getting four of the lead characters to barrel the camera and yeah. assure you that this is going to be the best night of your life. Their words, not ours. And their words. With each passing week, the bold-faced nature of the lie, uh, it, it lights a, it, it just the fire of fury within me just you know rages on and grows. Is it how hot is that fire burning this week, guy? Tell me about the fire. Uh, the fire, the fire is burning hot. It's just I don't understand. At the start of the movie. Right, and so every every week, every week, the start of the movie, I, I call it a movie. Uh, it starts with Zaccoli sitting at his laptop trying to make this track, and he's working on the track. It's called Cole's Thoughts or Cole's Memories, whatever the song's called. And every week, again, he's taking it so seriously at the top, and every time, I just want to break through the screen and be like, "Dude, the song is garbage. I promise you, no matter how hard you work on it." It's going to turn out garbage, but it doesn't stop him. He just works away, works away at the song. And at the end of the movie, inevitably, you know, against the better judgment of everyone involved with this entire fucking operation, he has to play the song. Otherwise, there's no reason for the movie to exist. What is the purpose of the movie? To kill which we follow? <laughs> well, if that was where the focus lay, at least maybe then there'd be a story to sink our teeth into. But instead, there has to be a song at the end of it, right? Because the whole thing is about his journey to try and become an electronic music DJ. So they have to play the song that he's been shown working on throughout the entire movie. And the song he plays is garbage. It Honestly, it looks like all Zaccoli's done is spend his entire time worrying about whether or not he gets to play Pioneer's Summerfest DJ gig or whatever. And he spent none of the time working on the song. And so he gets to the gig. He has to play the song. And in playing it, he suddenly realizes, oh, my fucking God, I put all my time and energy into trying to play the gig rather than making sure I was ready for the gig. And I've got to sell this on confidence and tears. It's actually quite a classic um, sort of parallel for over the summer, you've got an assignment due as soon as you get back. And you spend the whole summer kind of worrying about it, but at no point doing it. And then the time comes to hand it in. You're like, oh, fuck. If only I'd spent some of that energy that I was spending worrying about it doing it, this wouldn't be complete garbage. But unfortunately, that's not the path I decided to take. Exactly. It just... And it, <laughs> and it's what... I guess this is what parenting is, right? Because we're watching our child Zaccoli do this every single summer holidays, week in, week out. It's the Are you same. flipping the pages of some sort of script you've got over there, Monty? It's not a script, it's a notebook, and it is fucking okay. back to the rafters. Oh, is it? <laughs> what's the straight what what's the biggest surprise I would get as a note to be written down from this week's watch? Uh 
I don't know if I think it's like I don't, some of them I said to you out loud as we were watching it. Um, That's right, guy. The benefit is there's a whole audience of people who weren't with us at the I time. I know. I'm aware of that, but you asked for me to surprise you specifically, and well, that's uh, true. You know, I like to I like to try and uh, fulfill your desires, Tim. I appreciate what it. I have written down here, which I think you'll enjoy, is it's a question to myself and you, the listener. Is there any sight in the world more uncomfortable than looking at Wes Bentley sitting in front of a drum kit? He doesn't belong there, does he? Wes Bentley, uh, for those of you, because we always fucking flip-flop the names, is James Reed from The Feelers. He's the man portraying on screen James Reed from The Feelers. Yeah. And he's a man who looks uh, as uncomfortable behind a drum kit as I would look driving a tank. It's just not supposed to... That person's not supposed to be on that thing. That's right. I think at least if we got to see you driving a tank... Through the discomfort, we would also see a man with a wild glint in his eye who cannot believe someone's put him at the wheel of a tank. <laughs> That's true. Whereas James Reed from The Feelers, because there's none of the joy uh, of playing a drum kit for a, for a song that... Well, you, I don't know. To be fair to it him, be. that's because James Reed from The Feelers is an axe man. He's a, he's a man of the gat and he's a man of vocals. He's not a, a drummer. He's not built for rhythm. So we can't... Yeah, he's not built for rhythm and we can't begrudge him that. He's built for fucking, which involves a bit of rhythm, though. So, there's, there's probably some crossover there. He just, but it just, unfortunately, the way that they're constructed at the moment, you don't make love to a drum kit uh, to get a good sound out of it. Although, God willing, one day we will have that, where you actually have a set of instruments uh, that you copulate with to create a sound. Um, I'm amazed that I haven't seen that yet. Frankly, it's it's just the sort of thing that I would expect to kind of exist out in the wild at the stage, but I've not seen uh, it. Well, you could be on the forefront of some cutting-edge technology there, Tim. You could fulfill the uh, destiny and sort of hope of the film that, you know, uh, these days you can start a bank account, have an Instagram <laughs> account. You can do anything. You could I invent an instrument that involves you fucking the instrument to get a good sound out of it. Imagine <laughs> that if you replaced all the different sections as well. So the rhythm one... I feel like that's um, kind of where you would start. But how would you get a good kind of melody out of fucking an instrument? Like to replace a, a woodwind section, you know? What would that entail? Would you have to fuck a trumpet? Um, oh, wait, that's brass. Fucking yeah. a, uh, a clarinet? Fucking a clarinet sounds like a one-way trip to A&E, my friend. You'll have to excuse me being blue, but maybe there's some sort of way that you could put a um, clarinet or similar up your rectum and then kind of blow that. <laughs> this movie is having a, um, a negative effect on your brain. Just spitballing here. Just spitballing. I have no doubt that someone has tried to play a wind or brass instrument through their butt. Uh, and I don't, th I don't think they deserve to be, unless they successfully held a melody or played a song. I don't, I don't think beyond a, a crass party trick, there's any value in what they're doing. It's art, man, and I reckon that might be what is uh, destined for the crying DJ and James Reed of the Feelers. What do you think after the, the failure of his whole performance at Summerfest? Brand new scene of instrumentation that involves uh, fucking instruments and farting you know into what? woodwind. What? You could be onto something here. I like the idea of Zaccoli leaving the gig in tears, 
getting home, yeah. still in yeah. tears, just grabbing whatever's nearby, <laughs> crying into it, and then maybe to try and uh, placate how upset he is with himself and to make himself feel better, he starts, you know, and sorry once again, as Tim has been previously to be blue, but starts jerking it, and then yeah. he realizes in his other hand, he's holding a, a clarinet and he starts jerking it into the clarinet. Yeah. And suddenly music escapes through the office. I wouldn't... <laughs> oh, it's getting very visceral, isn't it? But I wouldn't imagine him having sex with the top end of a clarinet. Like, not no, between, not the reed. Not that the mouthpiece be... and the reed. No, that'd be a, no. a, that'd be a splintery <laughs> mess. I wonder if this is where James Reed of the Feel has got his name from. Because he would fuck clarinets. And so they, they called him Reedy Boy. And then someone overheard that and they said, why do, why do people keep calling you Reedy Boy? And instead of admitting the embarrassing stories, he, he was just like, oh, that's just my last name. It that always has been. Always has been. Because the name it's of never, his debut album was Feeling the Reed. It's never been Anderson. Ignore my birth certificate and driver's license. My also, name is James <laughs> Reed of the Feelers. Also, why do you have my birth certificate and driver's license? Those are my... Well, those are the kind of things that you've got to supply... When you run for musical president, <laughs> so running good. on a platform of sexual uh, invention. Uh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse oh, me. Jesus Christ. Sorry, man. I apologize. Um, You're falling so, guy, apart. Well, hey, also, happy New Zealand 420 to you. It's just ticked over. Um, what have you got in your, your notebook there? Or I've got some notes if you want them from me, but I want to hear from you first. You've heard from me countless times already. I wanna, um, I wanna get sentimental with you, guy. Oh, please! I thought you'd never ask. Uh, should we attempt this again over Skype? I feel like it's the best the connection's been. We've got a chance to pull this off. Here we go. Two, three, four. Getting, Getting sentimental, sentimental with, with James, James Reed. <laughs> beautiful vibrato on that man um so james reed is gifting something to our boy the crying dj zakoli and it fits in a macbook pro box and the thing that we know about it is james reed from the feelers describes it as a self-serving gift which leads me to believe that it's a uh, soft serve self-serving ice cream machine compact ah. portable so you just it comes with a little charger thing but it's got a battery as well so you can put it in your rv use it in the desert whatever and you just pour water and um that dried soft serve powder into it which i've never seen but it's been explained to me that that's where soft serve comes from and uh it's it's like a little mixer in a fridge and it spits out um soft serve ice cream for you wait and yes so, so soft serve ice cream isn't actually ice cream it's just water and powder yeah that's what? why it's so cheap that's why mcdonald's can sell them for like 50 cents a kind how come they get to call it ice cream I'm not sure. well i think that's why they call it soft serve i don't think they are allowed to call it ice cream i think it's one of those things but like ice cream trucks they serve soft serve that's true and they're but called they're, ice cream trucks but they i think they also have ice cream which probably qualifies them to call themselves an ice cream truck. It'd be like, um, hmm, what's an analogy here? If I had a knife van, right? Because I had some, I had some knives in the van, 
but its yeah. main purpose was transporting sexual instruments created by the crying DJ and James Reed of the Feelers. It was built mainly for that, but I, I called it a knife fan because there were knives in it. It's like no. technically I'm correct. No, even no. even though it's the analogy falls down because there's no <laughs> mistaking the difference between a knife and an instrument with a a hole to have sex oh, with. Oh, that's true, actually. And look, if you do get those two things mixed up, you it's <laughs> it, it's a good thing you're in a van because you need to get to A and E pretty quick. <laughs> Not pretty. Not pretty at all. There's no coming back from that either. That's, and that's like page that's fucking the secret of your That's the secret of your knife van is you're actually working on commission for after hours. Everyone's become so sensible and every parent cotton wools their kids now that there aren't enough accidents to sustain after hours care facilities. And so Tim's hideout of service is a knife van where he has both knives and sexual instruments that look very similar and are easily yeah. confused. And yeah. you have to use either of them inside of the van. Yeah. It's not good. I don't like that you've introduced an element of <laughs> young children being uh, a, a part of this uh, young story. Chi- no, 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 no. Young children, they're involved with ice cream vans. Your yeah. your enterprise is entirely 18 years and up. And don't get it twisted, Tim, and don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm not putting it on you. I'm just saying you introduced this whole thing of kids, you know, being brought up in a cotton wool society, and I'd just rather we left all that out. Oh, look, talking about, what do children um, grow into? Knives. What do children grow into, Tim? Adults. Can't fault you. I've, I've just Googled it. I've looked it up, and you're correct. It's a watertight argument. <laughs> that kids grow up into adults. Did At any ge- rate... Did you genuinely Google that? <laughs> what you could do um, in your knife fan is you could actually cut it out with a few of these portable self-serve, uh, self-serving, soft-serve machines if you so wished and then you could probably call it an ice cream van uh i guess but you don't sell ice cream you sell soft serve which we yeah, just distinguished between uh why do you think james reed is giving zicoli an ice cream machine i mean he's so always crying at gigs and is there anything happier than you can't always make ice cream on the fly like that's a difficult thing because you know there's a lot of different ingredients and stuff but soft serve's easy you just need water and powder and cold so the machine is just tackling as close as it can to ice cream, the happiest food on earth, um, in a portable scenario. So that no matter where the crying DJ is, crying into his little DJ decks, uh, he can tr- try and put a smile on his dial with a self-serve, soft-serve ice cream machine. Did you say you need water and powder and cold? Yep. Yes. Cold. Yeah, so basically the machine is kind of a fridge. It's got a little chargeable battery in it. Plug it into the wall, charge it up. That thing will go for a good two to three hours, just pumping out, pumping out soft serves. <laughs> it's pretty good, eh? I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> so he's trying to cheer up Zakoli. Yeah, he is the crying DJ. That's generous, isn't it? It's the kind of guy that James Reed of the Feelers is. He overlooks the fact that the crying DJ has fucked his girlfriend. Um, I don't want to say fucked his girlfriend. I want to say uh, they had sex. He and Somali had sex. That's right. James Reed, whilst so- not certainly not the greatest boyfriend in the world, uh, they were in a relationship. So, bit of a dick move. Yeah, no one, no one comes out of this movie looking great except Squirrel, who looks yeah. very dead. He's kind of a Jesus figure, isn't it? Like he almost needed to die 
for the film to have a point or some sort of depth, gravitas. Absolutely. He absolved the film of a lot of its flaws and sins, just like Jeebus on the cross. Yeah, but the thing with Jeebus dying on the cross is, unless you were the first person to read the Bible, in which case you would have got to that bit and you would have been like, holy shit, plot twist. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) God, you wouldn't see it coming, eh? Yeah. You get through all of that Old Testament and then you're like, finally this dude who i've been hearing so much about has a son that i can like find out what he looks like and he's doing stuff and he's out there he's preaching he's drinking wine and eating fish and bread walking on water ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And then you're like, just as you get on board with the character, and you're like, I really identify with this guy. I'm picking big <laughs> things for Jeebus. I Boom! too spit at blind people. That's when they pull the rug. It's crazy stuff. I yeah, Squirrel. I mean, Squirrel does have to die. Otherwise, I think the the frustration with the movie would be more widespread and more vocal. Mm. Uh, Tim, I saw a guy. Uh, two days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit confused because I traveled on an airplane through time and space, which is an amazing thing to do. Um, but I saw a guy, a very sweaty guy, uh, in the Toronto Sun wearing a T-shirt that said, don't bro me if you don't know me. And well, I'll be jiggered. I really wanted to get a photo with him, but... Because of the t-shirt and my memories of Jarhead and how, uh, what's the word for someone who's really hot and cold? Uh, kind of like volatile, but... Yeah, um, volatile. It's a good word for it. Uh, I didn't approach him. I just watched, I just stared at him as he walked past. Uh, but it's out there. And my question to you and to the uh, wider audience is, is there an expression outside of we are your friends that they just chose to put in the movie it kind of must be yeah it's one of those things where i've never heard it in any other context before the film but it's kind of too good to just um 
I don't trust that Maximum oh. Joseph thought of that line. Put it that way. I think it's uh, less embarrassing if they made it up for the film. I think it's more embarrassing if they saw it in the real world and were like, yeah, that's going to look sick in the movie. Yeah. And they just gave the characteristic to Jahed. <laughs> Not wrong. Anyway, there are people out there who don't want to be broed unless note. And uh, I'd, I'd like to say to those people, uh, well, come fuck with me, bro. And if you're listening to this, I guess we're technically bros because we know each other or, or you know my voice. So uh, the insult is moot. Well, dang. That's a tricky one, isn't it? How do you get in the position where you can bro someone and not know them? You'd almost have to send someone a, a letter at random uh, saying, could- hey, bro. You can do it on the street. You just can't do it on a podcast that the person you're trying to bro who you don't know is voluntarily listening to. Or alternatively, um, so like where's the cutoff point if you meet someone IRL and how, at what point do you know them? I think that's that's just, <laughs> I mean, you're asking a much broader question about friendship here, Tim, and that's just something you vibe, isn't it? I mean... But there's got to be some parameters because I don't want to get punched in the face by some hothead, jarhead man and I, I want to know who to bro. Who can I and can I not bro? Uh, that is very much a user's choice. So I think... Terrifying. Trust your instinct. What? Terrifying? You're Absolutely. The guy, you're the guy in the conversation with a knife. I mean... Yeah, but it's not like I'm holding any cards. Yeah, okay. I, I don't want to use the knife. I, I just want to know when it's appropriate to or to not bro. Is it more intimidating to be talking to someone who is brandishing or holding their knife or talking to someone with a concealed knife? Uh, I'm a big believer in a concealed knife. I, th- I, I like do to not walk, like that at all. Walk softly with a large hidden knife, I think one of the forefathers said. Well, that forefather was probably living in a different time when you were maybe more at risk from wildlife and also uh, bandits and outlaws. And Russians. This, what's wrong with the Ruskies? Oh, the Ruskies respect a knife. There's nothing wrong with them, but they respect a knife. Do you? you know? w- uh, yeah. Look <laughs> <laughs> to our Russian listeners. Uh, please write in. Uh, I love your, all of you. With your stance Guy, on. Did you have a knives. shining light this week, Flash, my boy? Did I ever? Uh, I really enjoyed in the terrible scene at the pool when Zicoli's DJing and explaining how DJ <laughs> works to Somali. I just so Bless sorry. you. Uh, there is, I noticed several people actually for the first time this week uh, employing a dance move which can only be described as a 360, wherein they just, all their, <laughs> all, their entire dance move is. They jump in the air and rotate 360 degrees and land. Uh, there was one yeah. guy in particular who had a beer bottle in hand who was going ballistic. Which is, is that the guy with both glasses and hat? And he's got quite a cool um, singlet on that's no, 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 got no, like no. some purple. It's, it's, a, it's a different guy. That guy's obviously quite a good dancer because he's featured quite heavily in a lot of shots. This yeah. guy's just to the left of him. Uh, uh, he looks sweaty. He looks like maybe, if not in the film, certainly, you know, on the day they were shooting, he was struggling fitness-wise with the scene. <laughs> and so he'd gone from throwing out what were actual dance moves to just 
what he imagines would look okay in slow motion on camera, which apparently is just jumping up and spinning in circles. Oh, and so immediately after I saw him, I was like, I'm a big fan of that. And then all of the um, fuck boys arrive at the party yeah. and they're standing by the pool. And in the background, you can see that everyone's still dancing to the hot track that Zakoli's chosen. Yeah. And even in that scene, there's another guy, a different guy in a green t-shirt who was just throwing out 360s left, right and center. And I was like, these guys have obviously talked to each other. Um, I, do you reckon it was choreographed? And the like, guy was like, you know what looks dope in slow motion? People twirling. Yeah, I mean, maybe... 360s all around. Maybe it wasn't choreographed. Maybe one of them saw the other one doing it. It was just like, oh, sh- oh shit, that's cool. Um, the funny thing about that scene is, uh, during slow motion, that scene works, actually. Um, there's some very gratuitous shots of Simon Lee's chest, um, yeah. which they justify by doing it with the dude's chest first, as if to say... We've all we got equally chests. objectify everyone. Um, but the funny bit is, yeah, it works in slow motion. The sound is just blaring at you through the speakers or headphones. And then when the boys, when the fuck boys show up, you come out of that, that wonderland and suddenly stuff's a normal speed and the song isn't quite as loud. It's now like background music and you can hear chatter over it. And everyone looks like they're dancing terribly. Slow motion looked great. But in yeah. normal speed, oh boy, dancers this crew are not. That's true. And it's a real treat, Tim. And these are the sort of little, uh, you know, sweet morsels that we have to snack on moving forward. Yeah. This is our scroggin, all right? This is our trail mix. This is the nutrients that are going to get us through these grueling remaining weeks. Is, uh, that's, not, that's not an entry-level observation. No, you don't see that the first couple of times. That's a, that's a sort of six yeah. or seven pluser. And um, it's kind of like the visual equivalent of when you're, uh, say you're in bed a bit hungover and someone draws the curtains and reveals what you actually look like. It's it's like that. It's it's a revelation of how things aren't working out. It's stark <laughs> and it's horrible and no one wants to That's see right. it. But through the magic of editing, they, they make it uh, almost undetectable to the naked eye. Luckily, I've got the eagle-eyed... Uh, an armed Tim Bat yes. on hand detecting to up guarantee a guarantee satisfaction. It's me. Um, what was your shining light, Tim? My shining light was an entire scene this time, Guy. I thought that when we're in the sushi bar, uh, which is potentially the greatest sushi uh, restaurant in the Western Hemisphere, which we're still trying to get to grips if that includes Japan itself or not, eh? Did we make a determination on that? Uh we have not. I mean, probably not. The th- the thing is, I've. <laughs> What's the eastern hemisphere? I've, well, that's the thing. I've always learned that there are two hemispheres. Yeah, true. Uh, there's the northern and the southern hemisphere. Yeah. So the western hemisphere, I think, is more of like a a construct of people who want to say. Oh, I don't know. And the have west, you, did you? Yeah. So kind of an Anglo-American line that goes through the. I'm not sure. I just don't know. But at any rate, our boy Squirrel and our boy crying DJ Zakoli are having a real heart-to-heart where Squirrel is expressing some dissatisfaction with their current plight in life, working for Paige, ripping off people uh, who are about yeah. to lose their house. And um, just some good acting on show there, I reckon. And you really notice it against the rest of the film. But 
I thought the boys turned out a very good performance this week. And they might be fuck boys, but I thought they were fuck boys who um, did a great job this week. So I want to say um, well done to them and thank you. And also congratulations. It's good to see their skills kind of increasing as we go along on this journey and them learning a thing or two about the craft. Yeah, it is good to see. It's also somewhat of a of a relief. Uh, oh no, it's not a relief. I don't know. It is a relief. It's, it's a relief because it, it might be... Um, a signifier of things to come. Maybe everyone's going to step their game up a bit. We might get to the point during this next few months, however long we've got to go, like nine months or something, uh, where Johnny Depp turns in an Oscar-worthy performance. That might be what we're dealing with by the end of this. The only way that that's going to happen is if we see the original script Mm. uh, with Johnny Depp's character notes, and the character notes read... Uh, to be played as an insufferable douchebag. Yeah. Under which circumstance, then and only then, will I maybe believe that Johnny Depp turns in an Oscar-worthy performance. And then will you concede, and you'll be like, great job, man, great job. Uh, yeah. <coughs> I'd, I would... Well, yeah, I would. I'd also very quickly turn to the page uh, of the scene where Zicoli and Somali order room service to see what it looks like written down. Oh, boy. Oh, I'd pay money for that page, eh? What was the <laughs> shooting script for that? It's it's not it something just, you can write down. It was just a um, it was a link to an article about UCB, <laughs> which then had a suggested second link for Second City. Yeah, it's just a, a an idiot's guide to improv. Hey, Tim. Yes, sir. Something that's always got me curious is you know when they're um. They're in the club just before James Reed from the Feelers gets really upset with Zicoli because Zicoli had sex with Somali. Sure. Wait, the strip club? The, are you saying? Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the song that's playing there? Can you remember it? Um, that one that's uh, Make Money. Get Turned. Get Turned. Um, this, this is a soundtrack heavy movie and of all the songs, that one is always jumping out at me. Well, it's a good, I think it's actually a pretty good choice for the strip club. I'm glad they didn't go with Rihanna because they probably couldn't afford any of her music. But also that is just the quintessential strip club music that I think every person in the head defaults to that would be playing in a strip club. But you can't just is play it? that all the time. What song? Um, uh, oh, what is it called? Fuck, it's gone out of my head. There's a few though. There's a few that would fit. Fuck. Oh, um, Found Love in a Lonely Place. That sounds like the most depressing song you could play at a strip club. Oh, totally. But also one that definitely comes on. I gotta tell you, I'm not a big strip club guy. I've been once. Once. Uh, yeah, I got I was loaded on absinthe. Uh and I talked I talked to one of the ladies who was dancing uh-huh. uh until she asked me to stop talking uh or leave. Sure. Well no, I'll pretty much Pretty much, I chewed her ear off until I was I was no longer wanted. Sure. Uh, and because of that negative experience, I I never went back. Are you a big absinthe drinker? Uh I have uh, from time to time been known to imbibe quite a large amount of absinthe. Yeah, we haven't had an absinthe it's quite, night it's together. A, yeah, I think that a, would be it's fun. A dangerous. It's a dangerous place to be because it kind of. You get really energetic and lifted for a few hours. Yeah, you do. Uh, wherein you're very active. Yes. But also probably 
while you know you're taking part certainly in activities you're mentally not registering exactly what you're doing true so you sort of get two or three hours of high energy high octane high impact uh drunkenness uh <laughs> followed by just or for me like total exhaustion and being blackout drunk yeah you've got all the power of a rocket going to the moon without nasa's careful navigation systems so you're off course <laughs> but in a big way potentially but I quite, right. I, I used to, um, absinthe sort of used to be my thing. Used to consume hey. quite a bit of absinthe. Uh, haven't for many years. I really think, I've noticed recently that I'm definitely getting older because I, um, I really feel it after even two or three beers now. When I wake up in the morning, I go, oh, I definitely had two or no. three beers yesterday. Two or three beers. Do not give me that. I don't believe you for a hot second. Nah, oh yeah, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I wouldn't even, I I could comfortably get away with a lot more than I could now. I'll just put it that way. Times, they are a-changing. Someone should write a song about that. Yeah, they should. I think it could be a big hit for someone. Some plucky <laughs> young songwriter out there. If you're out there, give it a mm. go. Idea. If you are listening, Mr. Zimmerman, uh, well, anyway, I looked up the lyrics to that song. I like to make money, get two. Oh, yes. It's by, it's by an artist called Carnage, which I think is a fantastic name. K or a C? Uh, a C. Good. DJ Carnage. I mean, how cool is that? It's pretty good. It's not just a name. It's a modus operandi. If you listen to the whole song, which I did when I went for a run listening to the We Are Your Friends soundtrack that one time, it does get a mite repetitive, though. It's pretty full on. It really is just that line. Yeah. Four or five minutes. He really likes, he likes two things. Yeah. He likes to make money. And once that money has been earned, he will get turned. And it's sort of uh, rinse, recycle, repeat. Sort of a also, good boiling down of the modern condition, isn't it? We're all just yeah, out there yeah. running on the, on the, the rabbit wheel. What is it? The, what are those things? The, the ra- we're in the rat race. Rat we're race. The, What's that wheel hamster called? Hamster wheel? Hamster wheel, thank you. We're all on the hamster wheel, earning our bucks, and then we just exchange the bucks for uh, for some substances, Ham- and then we do that hamster- and go back to work. For hamster food. Yeah. Yeah. He also, in the song, uh, Mr. Carnage also says uh, he likes to go to Steak and Shake. Oh, okay, cool. Which is nice. It's nice for him. <laughs> it's steak- it looks like a good... A good guy. He's younger than us. He's 25. Is steak, from Guatemala. Is Steak and Shake um, capitalized? Like, is it a chain? Or is it uh, something yeah, he's it looks, made it up? It looks like a chain. Well, then I should it's want a, to go to Steak and Shake. Yeah, this enterprising a, gentleman's a, turned me on to what sounds like a fabulous franchise. Yeah, its headquarters is in Indianapolis. Great. Then we're going to Indianapolis. Onwards is the march. We'll go watch the racing and we will eat at Steak and Shake. Yeah. They have something called hand-dipped milkshakes, which sounds <laughs> disgusting. What the hell could that even be? What, tell me more. Is there more information there? Pictures? Look, An instructional uh, video? Not, I think we'd be better placed to research mentally in our own minds without reference what a hand-dipped milkshake could be. To me, it's just... Uh, the milkshake maker acknowledging poor hygiene on their end up top so that they can't get in trouble when someone says, hey, there were weird finger hairs and clippings finger hairs. in my shake. And they were like, well, what do you expect? They're hand-dipped milkshakes. Yeah, I, I, in my head, the immediate image is of, you know how you have a base for a milkshake, so like vanilla or whatever. 
uh, and then you put yep. some other ingredients in there, like whatever chocolate chips. But for some reason, like the ingredients are put in with an ungloved hand that has to enter the the milk, put them in Absolutely. there, and then it gets. There's no need for that. There's just no need. It's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Guy. Uh, well, anyway, you 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 desire one of these, so you know, <coughs> barely. On the good recommendation of our dear friend, Mr. Carnage. Um, I'd like to get into a zone, get into a zone with you, a zone that we call No But, which is where we try to figure out from this week's staged performance of We Are Your Friends, uh, where they did a little ad-libbing. Yeah. Um, And if I may, Tim, I think the, the genesis for this week's No But traces back to our director... Maximum Joseph, and um, it's funny, isn't it? Because if you call if you call being ill prepared improvising, then uh, it completely changes the complexion of a film from being a poorly prepared film to being an improvised film. True. And I think one of the main notes that would have come back from the network or the studio, it wouldn't be the network, is it? It's not a TV show. Uh, about the script when they first read it was first of all, um, a we love the breakfast scene. Between Zach and Somali, mm. more of that, please. Mm-hmm. If you can find a way to stretch that dialogue out, 30, 60 seconds more. Um, and B, what we noticed this film is decidedly light on is theme. There's no overriding theme throughout the film. And Maximum Joseph, in his infinite mercy and wisdom, nodded and said, Yes, right. theme, before leaving the room and frantically Googling the word theme on his phone on the way down in the elevator. Right, right. He didn't know what it was. Exactly. So he just took the dictionary definition of theme, which is something that recurs throughout a film. Right. Uh, and decided that his theme for the movie would be sushi. <laughs> I see. And, uh, you know, and, and God, loves his, God loves a try and God bless his soul. Uh, what he did is he wound up every day on set at the end of every scene they would shoot, he would lob the suggestion to his cast. <laughs> okay, and can we take that one more time? But with a little more sushi. Can you work sushi uh, in, into this next take? Just see if we can work it in somewhere. And he became quite well known on set for uh, saying, a little more sushi. Uh, yeah, and so what What you wound up with was a lot of perfectly executed rehearsed scenes that were uh, entirely on script. Um, <laughs> but also at the end of those shooting, those shooting blocks, yeah. uh, there'd be these improvised <laughs> sushi-based scenes. Uh and he'd always he'd always sort of fob them off by saying, "Oh, don't worry, this is just this this one's for Papa," um, as if to say they're not going to make the final cut. But then in the editing suite, I mean, he took all of those improvised sushi scenes, yeah, and sort of banged them in, created a, a thematic arch for the film. And can I just take this opportunity to applaud Jarhead for being able to create some conflict out of sushi? which is no mean feat. It's a big ask for any actor or any performer. But he managed to <laughs> do it. He found not. a way. And on the spot, no less. It's fucking good. He's good, that kid. He's got a really bright future. I think he does. I hope he does. I'm proud of him. Um, guy, I'm quite keen to end it there. Um, <laughs> if you're keen, I'm keener, friend. Great. Well, it's been, it's been good hanging out with you virtually through the interwebs. And isn't it great that we live in an age where the internet exists, you know? We just got in time uh, to experience yeah. that. I'm, I'm super happy about it. And do you know what I'm even more happy about, Tim? What's that? For as much as I love the internet, 
I'm very happy in the knowledge that oh, oh my phone's ringing. Let's take that on the mic. Hello, guy speaking. Ooh, an airy silence. Well, it looks like I'm going to end this episode of the podcast and enter my own scary movie. <laughs> they were checking to see if you were in the room so that they can come and kill you. If no one picked up, they wouldn't have bothered. All right, then. I'll fucking see you later. Hope so, friend. I know. You're going to play that dastardly intro again? This movie's still fine. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Two and a Half Count? Welcome to Two and a Half Count, New Zealand's only wrestling podcast, unverified. And you think, hey, the planet, it will never give up. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it bloody did. So John Cena represents the planet. Yeah. What does AJ represent? Uh, he represents greenhouse gases. <laughs> <laughs> okay, skip to skip to the end. We're at the end of the match. Um, the end of the card. Yeah. Lesnar busts open Randy Orton. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Randy Orton represents uh, passion and heart and purity of of uh, existence. And Brock Lesnar <laughs> represents a big fuckface. <laughs> Which is what humanity is in some regards. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.